0: Dear God, or dear Lamb of God, uh, we thank you for this technology um, that allows us to be in the same space at the same time this morning. We ask that you comfort the hearts of those that are listening and that we are still, even if it's a little bit forced, we are still And that we are reminded that you are God and that you are with us and that you guide us and you lead us. I thank you for United and I thank you for this space. In Jesus name, amen. So we've had a little bit of of music this morning and we may go out on a more spirited song. And I... Uh, would like to just share a word with you on this this morning. Well first of all I have a joke to share (laughs) and uh, I found it on the internet so (laughs) just as a way to kind of share a little bit of comedy uh, with you all this morning I'm going to read it. Shortly after tying the knot a young married couple started arguing over who should make the coffee. Who do you guys think should make the coffee? Well, being a good Christian, the wife said, hey, let me go to scripture and check this out. So she went to the Bible, she looked at it, she came back to her husband and said, that settles it, the Bible says that you are to make the coffee. So her husband looked at her a little bit confused and was like, Really? Where does it say in the Bible that the husband is supposed to make the coffee? She says, you want me to show you? He says, yes. And so she opens up to the book of Hebrews and she says, there it is. He brews. Okay. That's a little bit of dry humor, but work with me, you all. So for Lent. Our congregation has been looking at the book of the Gospel of John. That's one of the four Gospels. Well, actually, it's the fourth Gospel. And we have been in a series called The B Factor. (laughs) And today we're on that third part The B Factor, The Testimony. So I'd like to go ahead and share words of comfort with you through an inspirational message. And again, thank you so much for being a part of this creative community. It's good to have all of you uh, with us on this morning. So the name of the sermon is The B Factor, The Testimony. We are here on our third sermon series of The B Factor. The B stands for belief. Belief is important. There are shades of belief. Many struggle with their beliefs. Something may happen to someone in life and they are challenged. Something may happen to them that causes them to have questions. I remember a long time ago when I was working with teenagers, this one teenager came to me and said, I don't know if I believe. She had been raised by her grandmother and her grandmother had taught her whenever she had a problem to pray about it. And she said, you know, I really take my grandmother's advice seriously. And so she said, I pray and I pray every time I have a problem. But it seems like when I pray, things get worse. Sometimes things happen and they challenge our belief. That's real stuff. And there are a lot of challenges that face us. We are now dealing with a pandemic and people are stressed and concerned. And they're buying a lot of toilet paper, too. Our leaders are telling us they got this, and we're not so sure they got it. We're a little worried, we're a little concerned. And while the world is struggling to deal with the physical, there is material. And there is mental and spiritual toll that is happening to us all. I was outside 10 feet away talking to my neighbor who said, it took me 13 hours to get out of the bed. That's real stress. I looked this morning at people in airports in Europe, lines long, trying to get back to America. But even if you're in your home, you have no fever, no flu or anything, it's very stressful what we've been through in the past week. The impact of this virus is beyond words. There are no words. And it is especially at this time that we really need to lean into what it is we believe. What do you believe? It's at this time that it's super important for us to lean into what we believe to ground us. The answer that you have to that is for you alone. As I was mentioning, we've been in the book, the Gospel of John for this Lent season. And today we look at the Samaritan woman. For my members, they've already got a cheat sheet because we were looking at the Samaritan woman last month when we talked about love. But today, we're not talking necessarily directly about love. We're talking about belief. This story and many of the stories in John call us to believe. Today, we are in chapter 4 And you can read the whole chapter because I'm sure you've got plenty of time. But we're looking at verses 28 through 30 and 39 through 42. I'd love to just take the time to read that with you. Many Samaritans from the city believed in Jesus because of this woman's testimony. He told me everything I have ever done. So when the Samaritans came to him, they asked him to stay with them. And he stayed there for two days. And many more believed because of his word. They said to the woman, it is no longer just because of what you have said that we believe. We have heard for ourselves and we know that this truly is the savior of the world. While they say they have believed for themselves, I do think initially they believed because of this woman. Prior to these verses that I read to you today, the Samaritan lady, let's give her a name. Cause you know, it wouldn't be cool if you came around and said, hey, that black woman or <laughs> that Egyptian woman. So we're gonna give her a name for today. And her name is Shona. Can you say that with me? I don't know if you're saying it or not. Shona. So the Samaritan woman for today is called Shona. And Shona is going to the well to fetch water. She arrives arrives at the same time Jesus is there. They are there alone. Through the course of her conversation with Jesus, where Shona keeps it 100% real, she is convinced that she has met someone unlike anyone she has ever met before. She believes Jesus' promise of never thirsting and authentic worship. Shona is moved to never be thirsty again, to never feel those voids, and to have worship where you don't feel like you're marketed to, where you don't feel like someone's trying to manipulate you out of your last penny. Authentic worship that connects you with God. And Shona is so convinced, so full, that she can't keep this excitement to herself. She runs all the way back to the village and she shares that with everyone in her village. And they at least initially believe because of her. Have you ever been out in public and someone touches you and you're like, wait a minute, they're kind of getting too close. They're kind of invading your personal touch. What do they want? You turn around and you don't recognize the person, but the person looks at you warmly with familiarity, and you're still like trying to catch up and go with it. And so the person reveals their identity and you finally realize you do know the person, but you kind of didn't recognize them because the person looks so different from the last time you saw them. Something about them has changed. And you believe it's because of the whole package. It's not just because of what the person is saying, it's their looks also. And it's not just the person's look, but it's the whole package. It's the whole spirit and persona of that woman. Here is Shona and she sure enough has changed. There is something about this woman that is so different that it compels the people in her village to be curious and wanna go meet this man she's talking about, about. I believe it was her testimony, all of the love, the solicited curiosity and everything that caused them to run toward Jesus, that caused them to believe. A colleague of mine, Colin, looks kind of like a privileged white male He's cute, he's young, he's sleek. Whenever I see him, he's already dressed really nicely. He fits the stereotype of a white young male. And yet when you hear Colin's testimony, well, let me just share it. Colin grew up in the suburbs, very comfortably with all of his material needs met. He was in sports, he loved his family, he loved his community and he loved his school. And everything was going fine for Colin. He got along well. He enjoyed the riches of his home. He enjoyed the comfort that his parents provided. Until one day, his parents decided to get a divorce. This for Colin shook his world. His mom bought a funeral home and converted it into a bed and breakfast. But it wasn't in their comfortable suburb. It was in a more rural area. He moved to a place he didn't know He met people where it didn't feel like he met fit in. And on the first day they moved into their home. It was different. From day one, this form of funeral home was the stuff we go to see in horror films. Doors closed, things moved, sounds were made. And pre-adolescent Colin was very scared. And so one day when some of his classmates offered him drugs, he took them. By his early teens, he was hooked and his world spiraled downward. The thing that happened in his home wasn't so bad because he sedated himself. And he kept spiraling downward, never hitting the bottom for years. One day his mom sent him for a drug test and sure enough, bingo, He was positive. She didn't know what to do with her son. It was like he was out of her reach. And then his mom, who is atheist, and his dad is atheist, sent him to a Methodist horse riding camp. Colin loved horses. So his mom signed him up and sent him off. This was odd, he thought. my parents don't believe, and they're sending me, or his mom, to a Methodist camp. He liked working with the horses good enough, and he kind of stayed away from all the religious stuff. But one day he walked into the church, and some youth and an adult were laughing. They were laughing uncontrollably, and he became very curious. He turned to one of the pastors in the back and said, hey, what's going on? What's so funny? Kind of felt like he was left outside of the joke. And the pastor turned to him and said, hey, Colin, you should go on down there and see what they're laughing about. And so curiosity got the best of him. And he went on down and he asked them. They extended an opportunity for him to give his life to the Lord, to be saved. And he did. And Colin says after he accepted Jesus into his life at a Methodist camp. He began to laugh and the laugh was contagious. And this was a turning point for Colin. This was hitting the bottom and beginning to come up again. Bizarre? Not as bizarre as what was going on at his home. Colin gives his life to the Lord. I believe Colin's testimony. I believe it because it resonates with my own I mean, not the horror part, (laughs) but the personal invitation part. I believe the story of the woman at the well. But I really want to know what you believe. And that's a question for you today and through the week. And as we face these times, what do you believe? People don't believe because we speak empty words. They don't believe because we're good orators. They don't believe because we know all the right words to say. People believe because they can see people who have been out on the edge and were given up on, and those people come back. Last week at our church, I spoke about Brian Widener, a former skinhead. Brian was filled with hate and has done his share of violence towards brown-skinned people. Brian was filled with hate, but then something shifted for Brian. When he began to shift, people would still look at him because his body was covered in tattoos that spelled hate. And so when he would carry his kids to school, people would protest his presence at the school. And when he tried to get a job, Nobody wanted to give him a job because nobody wanted anyone like Brian around them. Brian, for people that saw him or saw his tattoos, represented hate. And yet it would be a black man and a white woman and an experience with God that would change Brian. He knew he could never change with the tattoos and so he reached out to a nonprofit society and an anonymous donor paid for all of his medical surgery which took two years to remove all the tattoos from his body and horrendous hell because it was very painful. He has received and continues to receive death threats from white supremacist group. He switched sides and loves himself some Jesus. I got any love themselves some Jesus folks. I know y'all are proper, but I'm a love myself some Jesus person. And I believe, again, I believe Jesus met him, Brian, at the well. I believe radical stories like that and less radical ones like my own. Maybe you have one of those stories, too. Maybe you want one of those stories. I believe in the power of God's love to turn lives around. I believe no one, absolutely no one is worth giving up on or beyond the love of God. And such stories let me know that the power of God's love can go the distance, I believe. The text today says explicitly, which means even a fool should be able to get it, that the people from the town believe at first because of the woman's testimony. I imagine the woman saying, this is my testimony. This is all I got. As I look back over my life, I can now say that I am truly blessed in this moment. This is my testimony. That which comes from the heart reaches the heart. People believe because women on the margins who avoid crowds speak. People believe because women who had their heads down now are uplifted and have arches in their back and are confident and talk to the masses. Ted Talk ain't got nothing on Shona. People believe because skinheads who once spoke hate, respond to the love of God. But God, only God, wow. People believe because they see what looks like impossible become possible with spiritual intervention. People believe because they see grace revisited when someone was on the edge. And maybe they got something other than what we judgmental people think that they should have gotten. People believe because we live a message that's counter to the world but I'm going to get mine, and I don't give a damn about anybody else. We say leave some toilet paper on the shelf. People believe because they see authentic love and caring. And they know that these people are doing it, and they are for real. People believe because in our most vulnerable times, one shows kindness instead of fear. People believe because of our actions. They testify to the world. United, our beliefs anchor us. Our beliefs testify to the world. There's another way to live rooted in kindness and love and grace. So I'm going to need you to fetch your beliefs and remind yourself whose you are. I'm gonna need y'all to come on in out of the rain. I'm gonna need y'all to lock it down. I'm gonna need y'all to anchor yourself. Whatever you believe, you're gonna need that and more in these coming weeks to sustain you. So grab on like you're on a roller coaster ride and hold on to what you believe. Do not be ashamed of it and stay calm and concerned prayed up, and planted. Amen.